Hello, and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Tyler Campbell, Associate Editor of H2 Tech and your host for this week's H2 Tech Talk. Today, we will be looking at an article from our quarter four issue of H2 Tech regarding the challenges of delivering a large-scale green hydrogen project, and it's written by Dr. Chet Biliok, Technical Director of Petrofax New Energy Services, Michael Sarneku, Study Manager for Petrofax Engineering and Consultancy Services Team, Ahmed Dar, Consultant Process Engineer for Petrofax, and Stefan Gauld, Managing Director at Infinity Blue Energy. So, before we get started with the discussion, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe and share the H2 Tech Podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just click the subscribe button on iTunes or Blurberry. Now, let's talk about the challenges of delivering a large-scale green hydrogen project. With a global energy transition underway, Interest in hydrogen as an essential vector in a future energy system is skyrocketing. Presently, 96% of global hydrogen production is gray or brown hydrogen produced via reforming and or gasification of natural gas, oil, and coal with concomitant carbon emissions. For hydrogen to be part of the decarbonization drive, carbon emissions from gray and brown hydrogen must be captured and sequestrated to produce blue hydrogen. Alternatively, green hydrogen generation via water electrosis using renewable energy must be rapidly scaled up and deployed. In quarter one, 2021, Petrofac delivered a front-end engineering design, FEED, for the Aerosmith Hydrogen Plant, AHP, a stage development by Infinite Blue Energy Group, IBE, located in Western Australia, that uses wind and solar energy to produce green hydrogen. Stage one of the project, a 25 metric ton per day hydrogen production facility, is designed with a roadmap to scale up green hydrogen production to a capacity of 300 metric tons per day by stage three. Several challenges were encountered that are not typically faced in the design of gas processing facilities. With hydrogen on the ascendancy and similar projects expected to proliferate over the next few years, this article will highlight these design challenges and provide recommendations for successfully dealing with them. Some of the recommendations apply to both blue and green hydrogen production. Also, the deployment of green hydrogen is explored to identify the critical factors that will promote or hinder the proliferation of this technology. The challenges described here were addressed in the initial design of stage one of the hydrogen production facility. The design has since evolved with regard to power generation and hydrogen offtake requirements. Process description. AHP Stage 1 is designed to produce 25 metric tons per day of green hydrogen from bore water using electrosis and renewable energy sourced from on-site renewable power generation. Bore water is sourced from a local aquifer and stored in a day tank. From the tank, the water is pumped to a water treatment package, WTP, to remove minerals and salts to meet the demineralized water specifications for the electrolyzers. 
about half of the flow rate of the water into the WTP is discarded as reject water. The demineralized water is rooted to a demineralized water tank with sufficient buffer volume to feed the electrolyzers should the WTP be temporarily unavailable. The demineralized water is then pumped to the electrolyzer unit to generate hydrogen and oxygen. Several electrolyzers from different vendors were considered at the concept stage of this project, and the electrolyzer selection narrowed to either an alkaline electrolyzer or a polymer electrolyte membrane, PEM, electrolyzer. Hydrogen gas produced from the electrolyzer is first compressed to an appropriate pressure, then conditioned to eliminate any impurities such as water vapor and oxygen, depending on the type of electrolyzer, to meet the required hydrogen product specification. The hydrogen gas exiting the dehydration unit will be stored and offloaded either as high pressure HP hydrogen gas or as cryogenic liquid hydrogen, LH2. Both HP hydrogen gas or LH2 can be loaded to trucks for transport to off-site fueling stations and other contracted off-take markets. Hydrogen is transferred via loading connections to trailers or road trains designed to transport either LH2 or HP hydrogen. The loading station also includes provisions for metering and pressure regulation as required. Presently, the generated oxygen is vented to the atmosphere. The roadmap includes plans to condition and sell the oxygen product in future stages. Design Challenges the challenges of electrolyzer technology selection, the intermittency of renewable power generation and wastewater management, as well as the approaches to overcome them are discussed in the following sections. Electrolyzer technology selection. The challenge. The choice of the electrosis technology to be used depends on several factors covering technical requirements, economic considerations, and regulatory restrictions. These were explored during the conceptual design and two proven types of electrolyzers were considered alkaline and PEM. The approach. Three key factors drove the choice of the technology, cost, reliability, and application. Cost generally favors alkaline electrolyzers as they are widely accepted to be less expensive than PEM since the cells are manufactured with inexpensive and easily accessible material. While alkaline electrolyzer cells may be cheaper, a distinction must be made about the comparison of the cell stack cost and the comparison of overall system cost. The overall system costs, which include hydrogen product conditioning and plant utility costs, are yet to be rigorously compared. Regarding reliability, Alkaline electrolyzers have been in use for decades with several vendors such as Nell, Disincrupt, Cummins, and McPhy offering units with proven service and operating references. Nell, ITM, and Siemens commercially offer PEM electrolyzers with operating references. However, for a first-of-a-kind green hydrogen project of this scale, technology risk is mitigated by choosing the more established technology. A key advantage of PEM is its faster dynamic response that enables it to robustly handle the intermittency of renewable power generation without a requirement for backup. However, 
an essential project requirement is that 25 metric tons per day of hydrogen must be contractually delivered to off-takers, a requirement that necessitates a steady power supply. As the power supply to the electrolyzer unit has been designed to ensure steady supply, the flexibility of the PEM unit is not required in this case, negating a key advantage of the technology. One advantage of PEM units that will require further analysis is the system cost implication of its ability to generate hydrogen at higher pressures than alkaline units. Alkaline electrolyzers typically operate at atmospheric conditions, so the produced hydrogen must be compressed and dehydrated for liquefaction or to the required storage pressure. Some PEM electrolyzer manufacturers claim to be able to produce hydrogen at 70 barg out of the electrolyzer, which is likely to reduce overall system costs. Ultimately, an alkaline electrolyzer was chosen as the preferred technology for the plant. Potassium hydroxide, KOH, or Li, is used as the electrolyte. When a DC voltage is applied to the electrodes, hydrogen is generated at the negative electrode, while oxygen is formed at the positive electrode. The hydrogen gas is collected in a duct and routed to a hydrogen Li separator and then onto a gas scrubber. The gas scrubber acts as a gas cooler, feed water tank, and balancing water seal. The scrubber removes residual KOH droplets from the hydrogen gas and protects the downstream equipment from alkali deposits and corrosion. The scrubbing water is sprayed evenly on the top of the packed bed in the scrubber, collected in the bottom reservoir and pumped back to the top by the scrubber via a heat exchanger that removes heat from the system and cools the gas. Demineralized water is introduced as makeup water to the bottom water basin of the scrubber. It is from the gas scrubber that feed water is mixed with the lye and then routed to the electrolyzer. Hydrogen gas produced from the alkaline electrolyzer may contain residual oxygen. The hydrogen gas is first compressed to an appropriate pressure and then passed through a deoxidizer, a small catalytic reactor that combines any remaining oxygen with the hydrogen to produce water vapor. The wet hydrogen gas is then transferred to a dehydration unit where the water is removed to generate dry hydrogen at the required product specification after which it is sent to storage for export. The intermittency of renewable power generation. The challenge. The plant utilizes renewable energy provided by a 70 megawatt on-site solar photovoltaic PV array and a 96 megawatt on-site wind farm to generate green hydrogen. The plant is to be built in the coastal region of Western Australia, a location that is well suited to both solar and onshore wind power generation as the climate in the region enjoys extended periods of sunshine and land and sea breezes. However, both sources of renewable energy are intermittent and fluctuate both on a daily and seasonal basis. Solar PV generates power only during the daytime depending on the amount of solar irradiance that reaches the panels, which is impacted by cloud cover. The power generated by wind turbines, provided they are oriented to the correct wind direction, is largely dependent on wind speeds, which vary greatly throughout the day. Therefore, it will be difficult to guarantee sufficient, steady, reliable, and continuous power to satisfy the electricity demand from the electrolyzer unit from either or both sources. 
a reliable backup supply of electricity is necessary to make up for any drop in solar and wind power. The approach. The stage one plant requires 60 megawatts of electrolyzer capacity with about 20% more power to generate 25 metric tons per day of hydrogen gas. To deal with the intermittency of the renewable power generating assets on site, the facility is furnished with a connection to the electricity grid. Through this connection, any deficiency in renewable energy supply can be topped up by importing green power from the grid to maintain the steady power supply to the electrolyzers and the entire facility. The green grid connection can also be used to export surplus power that is generated during the day which provides additional revenue and can also be used to help mitigate against the risk of low hydrogen demand or low market prices. In addition, a six megawatt per hour battery storage system is provided to buffer the renewable power that is supplied to the facility. The system can hold enough power to maintain hydrogen production in the plant for about five minutes. The battery storage system would also enable a controlled ramp up and ramp down of hydrogen production, a safe shutdown of the plant in the event of a total power failure, and the potential to increase production during periods of low on-site power generation. Wastewater management. The challenge. The project has access to good quality water from local aquifer that requires minimal treatment to transform it into the demineralized water required for the electrolyzer units. To generate 25 metric tons per day of hydrogen, 537 metric tons per day of aquifer water is required. About half of that amount is converted to demineralized water that is fed to the electrolyzers, while the other half is disregarded as reject water from the WTP. The design from the concept stage rooted the reject water to evaporation ponds, resulting in a pond area of around 400 meters to dispose of the water in this part of Western Australia. Considering that fresh water is a scarce and valuable resource around the world, the amount of reject water and the area of land required for the evaporation pond are both opportunities for design optimization. In addition, the roadmap plans to expand the facility to produce 300 metric tons per day of hydrogen. This will likely require seawater desalination, an energy-hungry process to provide feed water. Therefore, maximizing the amount of water utilized from the local aquifer would pay rich dividends down the line. The Approach a systems design approach was pursued that would result in significant reduction of the amount of reject water from the WTP, along with the reduction of the size of the evaporation pond, or preferably its elimination. Reducing the reject water required close interaction with the water treatment specialists and vendors. It is critical to understand the characteristics of the water produced from the aquifer, so the aquifer water was retested. The result from the water analysis was used to optimize the design of the WTP and minimize the amount of reject water, eliminating two-thirds of the amount of reject water initially estimated. Rather than sending the reject water to an evaporation pond, the reject water was formulated to meet the local Australian regulatory requirements of total dissolved solids, TDS, which could enable its discharge to groundwater. Several options for recycling water are being evaluated.
the availability of fresh water to produce demineralized water may not always be possible in some regions where fresh water is a scarce resource, such as the Middle East. Other water sources, such as seawater, will require more expensive treatment to achieve the water quality needed for electrolyzer units, leading to higher capital expenditures and higher utility and energy demands. The disposal of reject water from seawater demineralization can also be subject to stringent environmental restrictions, requiring detailed studies focused on its impact on the marine environment. This should be considered when developing green hydrogen projects in such regions. Part two of this article will be published in the quarter one 2022 issue. The article will examine the challenges and solutions for large-scale hydrogen storage, equipment supply chain, and process safety considerations. It will also examine cost considerations for the deployment of green hydrogen worldwide. So we hope you enjoyed this article from the quarter four issue of H2 Tech. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of H2 Tech Talk. Please remember to share and subscribe.